0: You're listening to Dread Talk. Hey guys, welcome back to Dread Talk. I am your host, Lady Dreadnoughts. We are a free podcast with episodes streaming every week and you can find them anywhere you find your podcasts. All right, so starting off disclaimer, everything you are hearing in here is for entertainment purposes only. These are my opinions. Do with them what you will. We share personal stories on this podcast as well as a little bit of humor. At the end of the day, use your best judgment. I am all about inspiring critical thinking, so by all means, if anything I say in these episodes you are curious about, please look them up. I want you to look them up so that you can form your own opinions as well. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, I have a whole bunch of stories about shitty bosses literally over a hundred of these stories. So I have hand selected my favorite ones and we're going to talk about them. And with this podcast, you can let me know uh, if you have other stories you want to share or if this spawned an idea of yours or uh, triggered a memory and you're like, oh my God, I totally forgot about this one boss that I couldn't fucking stand. So I love hearing these stories. So please share them with me. If you go to the main channel for this podcast and Anchor, there's an option to actually submit answers as well as video and voice memos to me. But if you don't want to do that, you can head over to my website, which is beacons.ai slash Scroll down, click the button that says submit your story, and there you go. All right, you guys ready? Because I'm ready. Now, up first... Again, these are real-life horrible bosses are worse than any movie stories. Now, there are literally over a hundred of these stories. So we're going to start with the ones that are just, what? (laughs) All right, here we go. All right, this first one, here we go. Disclaimer or uh, a trigger warning. There are some things shared from these stories that might be triggering to you, whether it is a sexual assault or death in a family, things like that. So if any of that is something that you are not willing to listen to, I will put a trigger warning before that story is shared so you can fast forward um, or you can mute it until the next one comes up. So there we go. This first one, no trigger warnings. All right, here we go. My boss pitched a sales incentive trip to Cancun if any team hit the goal. My team exceeded the goal. And then they canceled the trip. Two people quit. I accepted a position with their main competitor. And less than a year later, they closed in bankruptcy. Karma's Beach. So, (laughs) one thing that we all love, especially if we have a position where we are contributing so much to a company, is we secretly hope that they will go out of business after we leave. And now this has happened to me. This has. One of the very first jobs I had out of college was at a restaurant. Brand new restaurant for this person. They had never had dinner before. They'd only ever done catering or breakfast. So this was their first time doing dinner and they hired me on for a reason. So I came in there. He was very stuck in his ways with what he did within catering and with his former business. And he was not willing to listen. He eventually um, embarrassed me in a form of a power trip during a dinner rush because he wanted to show that he was like this big, scary, manly boss and was a big misogynist. And so I left. I walked out and they shut down three months later. So it's always just bittersweet when shit like that happens. All right. Story two. All right. My boss made her eight-year-old daughter wander around the office and report who was not working. I was fired because said daughter either lied or had no sense of time and told Mama that I had spent 30 minutes chatting with a friend. I actually just paused by his desk to say hi on my way to the bathroom. That was only one of many, many, many horrible things. Excuse me real quick. My cat has the zoomies again. I've got to get her off of the table. So, true story, and I understand that uh, this pissed off a lot of people. When I was in the Marines, I had children, and every single Wednesday or Thursday, depending upon which unit I was in, I had to go to base, to the barracks for field day. Did I bring my children with me? Absolutely, I did. Now, the first time with my daughter, she came with me because she's my oldest. And I didn't really bring my son with me. It was only ever really my daughter. After my son was born, I was in Pendleton. So I just didn't really care at that point in doing it. Anyway, so my daughter, I would have her do shit like that. And yes, the Marines are our own breed. And we do play fuck fuck games all the time because we can. And our goal in life is just to be terrible people. So I would bring my daughter to the barracks. And she didn't call people out for not doing their job in the sense that this person's boss's daughter did. She didn't come tattletailing to me. She walked with me to these rooms and she would correct the Marines on the spot if they were not cleaning properly. So that's the difference and it was hilarious as fuck. All right, next story. The CEO publicly praised me for completing a task that my boss had struggled with. So my boss retaliated by forwarding all of his tasks to me in an effort to overwhelm me with work. Which I actually found his job pretty manageable and the CEO also noticed, fired him, and gave me his job in office. Isn't that nice? See, that's a good story. That's a story, that's stories we love and we want to hear. All right, this story is a little long, but it might resonate with some of you guys. There are zero trigger warnings for this one. All right, here we go. I was one of a large number of programmers working on a project. We had a deadline coming up in a couple of months, and they overpromised to the client and then asked all of us to work extra hard to meet the deadline, asked us to work 50 plus hour weeks, which we did, and then some. Some of us even put in 70 to 80 hour weeks to meet this deadline. But once the deadline was met, suddenly there was another deadline they needed to meet, and another. People got tired, had lives to lead, and scaled back on their hours. Most of us were still working 50 to 60 hours a week, but not a lot more than that. Once they realized we weren't killing ourselves on their project any longer, there was an all-hands meeting where the managers told us that they were incredibly disappointed in our lack of professionalism, because so comparatively few employees were now working more than 50 hours a week. But then it got worse. One of our harder workers stood up and said, Look, I have three kids. I'm driving an hour into and out of work every day. I'm taking care of my family. I'm trying to get presents for Christmas, write out Christmas cards, decorate, clean the house for everyone. We're having over for the holidays. I'm having a really hard time just getting to 50. And the manager looked at her and sneered. If it wasn't Christmas, it'd be because it's Easter or Memorial Day or because it's summer and it's nice out. You'd always have some excuse. There was dead silence in the room. When we left that meeting, we didn't talk to each other, but every single worker on that project put in exactly 50 hours a week after that. Then came Christmas. Raise and bonus time. Every worker on the project got a half percent raise. The managers got a five figure bonus. We were pissed. For management, the campaign came after Christmas. In the first week of the year, four programmers had better jobs lined up and quit. Three more the following week, five the next. We hemorrhaged three to five programmers every single week for over three months. It got to the point where the managers had to schedule a meeting every Monday at 11 to discuss that week's resignations and rearrange the surviving staff. Screw them. This sounds like Amazon. This sounds like actually the Marines and the military too with all those bullshit inspections where they make you work. Like, McCat inspections sound familiar? You're working a ridiculous amount of hours all week and then all of us little guys get like surcoms. And then our Gunnies, who were not fucking there as much as we were, get like medals and NAMs. And it's like, dude, what the fuck? Yes, Amazon too. We, mm, your managers, like your area managers and ops managers, actually take back ops managers, but area managers who do the majority of the fucking work do not get bonuses, not at at end of year holidays. The only ones who do are the ops managers, senior ops managers, and the general managers. And let me tell you, the bonuses they get are no fucking joke. I'm talking in the hundreds of thousands of dollars range. So the harder you work, the more money they make, and they will cheat to get those bonuses. So just keep that in mind. You, my friend... (laughs) It is your life that flashes before your eyes when you die. Not in front of theirs, and theirs not in front of yours. Do not break yourself or your boss. They're going to get rewarded. You're replaceable. They could give two shits about you. The only time they care about you is when you're not performing to make them look good. Carrying on. Now, I'm letting you know now, some of these stories that I read were very triggering to me. Not in the aspect of really bad, but it it brought to surface some memories I had from previous jobs and I was like, oh, holy shit, I forgot that happened. So yes, there will be some personal stories involved in some of these and as well as obviously these are personal stories of other people too, but there are some things that I do feel like need to be highlighted a little bit, especially with how the job market is right now. These stories are of horrible bosses. There, I would love to say there aren't that many out there, but unfortunately, there's a lot, like a lot of horrible bosses out there, and they're very good at their job at hiding what's really going on, especially in corporate world. Now, I don't want to talk badly stating that corporation jobs are so bad. No, no. It's perfectly acceptable to have a nine to five job or an eight to five job. It's fine to have a blue collar job. It's fine to work for corporations. I just want you to have the tools you need to be aware of what's going on and to not be afraid of calling people out on their shit. I'm one of those people that do call people out on their shit. It backfires 100% of the time. I'm just letting you know now, but at the end of the day, I sleep just fine at night I have no problem calling people out on their shit. I have a real big issue with people who don't have integrity. That is something I gained from the Marines. You will have to excuse my stuffy nose here. It's uh, still recovering from this cold or COVID. I don't know what it is at this point. So that that has just been part of who I am. I've always fought for the little guys. I've always been the one to say something because I know a lot of people kind of are afraid to do so. Um, they're afraid of what may happen to their job, etc. And I don't give two shits. If you are not doing anything wrong, you have nothing to worry about. Yes, everybody's a person. Everybody does make mistakes. The goal in life is to own those mistakes. Failure is the best teacher. So if you know you're doing something wrong, which you do, <laughs> especially these people that I have called out in my lifetime, they knew that what they were doing was wrong, which is why they took so many steps to save face and cover it to make sure that no one above them knew what was occurring. And this may sound like bragging. I don't give a shit. I have had people be forced to retire because I have called them out. And every time that that has happened, there have always been multiple people to come forward that they've been doing the same shit to them, but they were too afraid to say anything. And all it took was one person. Just remember that it only takes one person to start a revolution. All right, next story. This one is a one that will hit home with a lot of my followers who were prior military or current military. Here we go. I got out of the Army and joined the Air Force National Guard in my home state. Twenty minutes after leaving my new base for the first time, I received a phone call from a guy introducing himself as a Sergeant First Class from the Army Reserve, informing me that his system shows my name had been pulled from the reserve pool to deploy to Iraq within three months and congratulated me. Wow, thanks. That's something to congratulate on. I kindly informed him that, one, I had just returned from deployment before getting out and was still guaranteed more than three months stateside, which is true. And two, I had enlisted with the Air Guard and was therefore exempt. He got irritated, raised his tone of voice and said, well, you better get that paperwork to me ASAP because my system says you're going. I told him I signed a contract that binds me to that, not your system. So I told him it's not my job to update to ensure your system for you. I gave him the name of the organization I was now affiliated with, the city and state it was in. My recruiter's name, rank, personal phone number, and said, now you have several different ways to contact who you need to in order to get your system updated. And then I hung up on him. I've heard a lot of stories of this happening after people go from active duty to reserve or they change units within the reserve commands. Their systems are not as efficient as the active duty ones. Active duty ones are also not that efficient, but they're a fraction more efficient than the reserve guys. So these little stories are just funny to me. This one may have a trigger warning for an injury, um, but yes, carrying on. I was working maintenance at an ice rink. The rule for anyone who knows how an ice rink works is if the Zamboni doors open, you get the heck off the ice. Some jerk decided to ignore the fact that they were open and that I was standing in the doorway and decided to rip off one last slap shot. Puck bounced off the glass and hit me in the head. I was okay, but I reported it to my boss. Because we have to fill an incident report for things like that. And the boss asked, are you okay? I said I feel okay. Then he responded with, well, we don't really have to report it then, do we? I was totally shocked. I reminded him of the protocol, but it was clear he didn't want to do it. Since he wouldn't do it, I sent a descriptive email of the incident up to the administration because I felt there should be some sort of documentation in Paper Trail in case, God forbid, I ended up with having a brain hemorrhage or something a few days later. The boss was fired by my next shift. This is a big issue that you'll see in corporate type worlds or corporate jobs or blue collar jobs, anytime that there's like a safety incident, a lot of bosses are more concerned with having a great uh, record than they are with actually um, ensuring their jobs were safe. And that is the whole reason behind that. That is why OSHA implements it. They want those records there because you learn from them. You are able to implement things to make it better. Case in point, this guy got hit in the head with a puck. At that point, there needs to be some type of a protocol in place to prevent that from happening again, something they can do. Some bosses don't want that record to be affected because it's going to make them look bad, but it also goes hand in hand with the business itself. This, in my opinion, this is my opinion here, bosses that are more afraid to have the record change means that there's something that's going to happen to them. And this goes down, boils down to the business ethics. Okay. Some bosses, yes, they just, they have narcissism tendencies. They want to appear like they're great because if they look bad, they're afraid their bosses might get mad at them. That's fine. It happens. But from my personal experience, again, in my opinion, if a boss is not willing to have that occur or does certain shady shit involving it, that's a problem at the top level, and they don't have things in place to really not penalize people for things happening, because again, people are human. They're going to make mistakes. Injuries are going to happen. You just need to learn from them. In places like Amazon in the warehouse, there's a lot of injuries that occur, but the shady shit that they do because of that is bad. So a lot of times they will fudge the numbers because of that, because they don't want to lose their job, even though mistakes happen. All right, next story. No trigger warning with this one either. I once had a retail manager who sent out a memo that we worked so hard and did such a great job this month that she got a bonus. We hadn't got anything. How clueless can you be? <laughs> oh, my last job, they had bonuses for management. And... um little bonuses for hourly. Um, uh, honestly, the hourly bonuses have always, in my opinion, been better than mine. Um, so at this last job, uh, I did get a bonus. It wasn't a lot and the requirements to even achieve the bonus were hard as fuck. But, I know that people above me got much bigger bonuses and I also know that my hourly staff got better bonuses which great I want the hourly staff to have better bonuses because they do the majority of the work in a company so without them we wouldn't have a company <laughs> so yeah um, Yeah, just don't, don't share your bonuses. Like if you want to be transparent, that's fine. But just do a little bit of a disclaimer. And if you're a manager who has a bonus, obviously that means, you know, that your employees have had one too, because management knows everything about their hourly folks when it comes to pay. (laughs) So what? I just, eh. All right, next story. Trigger warning. Uh, just a shitty job shitty work life all right here we go i had an issue where a district manager was purposefully not correcting my pay to reflect the raise i'd been promised so after six weeks of him blowing me off i called corporate hr and they came down on him like the fires of mount doom he drove to my store tore into me in front of customers for not being a team player player and going over his head Six months later, we are informed that our store is closing and the employees can transfer to other stores. Oh, (laughs) but not me. I was told I'd never be welcome in the company again because I wasn't a team player, so I would just be laid off after the store closed. Then he told me he also needed me to oversee shipping of our product out to other stores based on the list he had of what store gets what. Cue malicious compliance. That's how I got revenge. None of those stores got what he wanted on his precious little list. I spent three weeks shipping whatever to whomever and wherever, playing my own music over the store's speakers, telling customers about a whole bunch of exploitable loopholes in the store's policies and systems. What was he going to do? Fire me? Yeah. See, this is why you take care of your employees. This is why. They know the inner workings of your company. They know all the little loopholes. They know everything. Why would you want to piss them off? Why? What is wrong with you? All right. This is another military submitted story. Trigger warning. There is, um, there is some sexual, I guess, assault in this. So trigger warning on that one. Alright, this, uh, ready? If you are not willing to listen to this, fast forward for about 40 seconds. My former immediate supervisor in the military was a racist, misogynistic jerk who just so happened to also enjoy occasionally harassing me for fun. He would discreetly touch me in front of everyone to see if I dared to say anything back, and then he would berate me for giving him an attitude. The breaking point was when he grabbed my hand and forced me to touch him during a pat-down. I moved on to a new unit, reported him. turns out there were seven other women with similar experiences as there always are. He's gone now. All right, so this one hit a little home for me. Like I said, there are some memories that got triggered. When I first joined the Marines, um, after I got out of MOS school, I went to my first uh, command in the fleet, and I had already been warned about the misogyny in the military, especially in the Marines. Again, my father was a Marine. Um, my uncle knew a lot of the Marines too, but me being me, God forbid I listen to anyone and still joined, which don't get me wrong, I am super proud of my service. I just wish I had better street smarts. However, this is how you gain those. So the staff sergeant at my first command was a bit of a womanizer. He was a misogynist and he would do very inappropriate things with me where he would show up at my barracks after hours. He would try to get me to quote unquote cook for him at his, uh, he lived in the staff and CO barracks, but to cook for him, um, do womanly type things, made things very, very uncomfortable and would have little innuendos. And it really put me in a bad light at work because the men automatically assumed that I was like that woman. So It got to the point where I was just so uncomfortable and so angry that I was done. So I did get a hold of Jag and I told them what was going on. They immediately investigated it. They started looking into it. Push comes a shove. Long story short, he was forced to retire. Um, Had to go to a court martial. I was there. The uh, JAG attorney did his due diligence and he found actually seven other women, ironically, that also came forward with similar stories. Now, the only downside is, is that I was still in that same command after this occurred. So I went from the girl that was that woman who slept around on the weekends and tried to sleep to gain rank to the woman who ruined guys' careers because I just hated men. That was the stigma there. And it was very uncomfortable for a very long time. And eventually a lot of those people phased out. They either went to a new command or whatever, but It really sucked. Like whistleblower didn't count in this situation. And any time that women would really come forward with anything, this occurred. And we were treated just terribly. And it didn't matter what we said or what we did. Once they had their minds made up, that, that was the end. So it, it was, it's a really shitty story, but I am very happy that I did it. And hey, newsflash to those men that I worked with. If I was doing this on the weekend to get promoted, then why wasn't I promoted? Just saying. All right, moving on. All right, this next one does not have a trigger warning. Here we go. When I left a job, I was invited to meet with the CEO because he was unhappy. I was leaving and he wanted to understand why. I explained that I was not being paid enough and the recently announced pay raise was not good enough. He got irritated and in a patronizing tone started trying to lecture me on how I should have handled that situation better. I interrupted him. He didn't like that. So I added, I'm leaving. I have nothing to lose. And then informed him that I'd already been let down over pay multiple times, had witnessed others trying to get more pay and being refused. So I had no interest in begging to be paid what I already deserved to be paid. <laughs> so story time, my job that I had, had a very similar situation. This is crazy, right? It's- so much happening all at the same time that's identical, which means there's clearly a problem. So inflation went up, right? And this was last year. Inflation was bad. Gas prices had gone up. Now, when I came onto this job, I was given false promises. And yes, they did pay me more. They gave me um, like $5,000 a year more, which is a lot if you really think about it. But it wasn't. Because that was not the job I had initially applied for. I was forced to be there. It was either go there or find a new job. And going there was an hour drive every single day. So it was two hour commute versus the 10 minutes I had previously. So including going through mountain passes that would close in the wintertime. So sometimes I would be stuck at work overnight. Well, I had been promised a job that I was supposed to do that involved three remote days because I could do this job remotely. And that's what they did to entice me to come on board. Hey, we'll give you 5000 more a year, three remote days, two on site, yada, yada, yada. And I was stoked. Well, then fast forward and like 75% of the staff came down with COVID and they had taken away our sick days. So it was either get paid or use your PTO. And as a manager, even though it was salary, I still had to use PTO. I couldn't just stay home and get paid. So I was there and it was no shit. Me and one other person running the two on-site restaurants for like a good two weeks. Like that's how bad it was, which wasn't what I came on board to do, but I was willing to adapt because they needed that. And at one point I had been there for four days straight, and all I wanted to do was go home, and I was overwhelmed and I was crying. And I couldn't talk about it because when I would talk about it, I was gaslit. I was told that I was just overreacting and it's not that bad. And Then I said that I needed a break and they looked at me like deer in headlights, like, no, the fuck you don't. And then one of our bosses ended up taking two weeks off. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like he had just been out for three weeks because of COVID. Now he's taking two weeks off. Like I'm fucking tired. Of course I had to fill in an extra role, but I never worked the job I was promised. I ended up being thrust into something else. And so I was a little heated. And at this point I was spending around 200 a week on gas to get to and from this, this place because driving up mountains eats up your gas. So I was like, dude, I need help. Like, I, I don't have enough money to keep coming to work. I, I can't afford gas right now. Uh, the job I was promised, I've not been given. And now I'm working a job that actually I need to be paid more. So if you want me to do this job, I'm demanding $75,000 a year because that is what this job entails. And I'm already doing it. So I was giving, given the whole, oh, well, we've already gone over our um, budget for the year and we can't do that. And then they were also looking at me like, what are you talking about? You need more money. We just gave you money. And I'm like, well, you know, our hourly employees do too. And they're like, no, we just gave them money. It is like, but it's not good enough. Like you need to do something. So I ended up leaving that job and lo and behold, look, my job that I was filling the role of that they said they couldn't afford, they posted with the exact salary that i had asked for. I was like, you fucking bastards. So yeah, pay is a big, huge issue. And one thing that I was telling this person that I was talking to at the time, because they were like, oh, you, you know, well, if we raise all the pay, you know, it has to be 25% of our whole, our budget. And it's like, well, then what do you do? Think about it. If you have now had to increase your pay, your labor costs, then you need to increase your revenue to make up for that. You need to find a way to make that happen. So if you increase revenue, how do you increase revenue? You raise your prices. I'm not saying raise them dramatically to where nobody fucking shows up. I'm saying you raise them enough to cover your labor increase and you find other ways to make it work. Case in point, look at how much food waste you're having. All of that can be turned into salary and pay for people that need it, your workforce. Yeah, that job was gross. And just shout out to that job that I'm not going to name. When you have an employee who's worked for you for nine years, die at your job and you cannot be bothered to post a memorial or something sending out thoughts and prayers to their family, but are willing to do it with people that don't even work for your company, that says a lot about you. All right, this one, this next story, uh, trigger warning, unemployment, I guess. So here we go. Long, long ago, I was fired from my job as an assistant manager at a convenience store by the district manager who hated me. I applied for unemployment insurance. The company said I wasn't eligible because I'd been fired for cause. I wasn't. But that was a matter for the review board to decide, and it was still upcoming. We showed up for the review. I was repa- prepared to explain how my direct boss had decided to leave keys to the inner safe in the outer safe area overnight, which had resulted in more than $100 going missing, which was the reason they gave me for firing me. Mind you, this wasn't even my error, but I was a person on duty when it was discovered. Instead, the district manager tried to say I falsified paperwork. Uh, Okay. I settled in to hear her tale of woe. She proceeded to show how I'd padded paperwork to hide missing money. Uh, No, I showed them that my manager had accidentally put 50 extra dollars into the bank that week before the incident that they fired me for. So I made a note of that on the paperwork for the day. The panel of reviewers asked my district manager how I should have noted it. And she went off into some incomprehensible and highly illegal, did I mention one of my degrees is in accounting, Way of subtracting the amount from the numbers in a way that would underreport income. I got as far as but that when one of the panel members shushed me. They informed her that what she was trying to tell me to do was illegal and they would be informing the local tax office in case they wanted to perform an audit on the company. Thanks to idiot DM here. Oh, and yes, I was eligible for my unemployment money. Win, win, win. And the look on the DM's face, classic. I wish I had a photograph. So. <laughs> I don't know if that means that the DM is is uh incompetent or complicit. <laughs> I don't know. Um, what I do know, based upon my own personal experiences, is more often than not, it's complicit. Again, that whole, I don't want to tarnish my record thing. So they don't want to be honest because they think the repercussions are going to be that they're in huge trouble, which, you know, how can I be a leader if my people look on me badly? No, bitch, you're a manager, not a leader. There's a very fine difference. But that did trigger another memory of mine. Uh, so during the pandemic, I applied for unemployment. And I did everything I needed. I applied or I did my, my, my requirements every week, right? After a year, I still hadn't received it and I had appealed it. So the lady in charge of it, I don't remember what her position was. She had like said something that was completely false as to why I was denied. And I was like, that that didn't happen. And she's like, well, I sent you a letter and I never got this supposed letter. So I appealed it. So I go to the appeals And my employer didn't show up. They weren't there. No show, no show, no call. The representative wasn't there. They didn't fucking show up. So the appeal board took my story, my side and everything I submitted. And they still denied me, even though it was proof that I was entitled to unemployment and that the unemployment office had fucked up. So I found that just absolutely baffling. It's like, so if this were like let's say a uh, small claims court and somebody was suing me and I showed up and they didn't, then they, they wouldn't win. They would side on me because I'm the one who showed up and brought all my evidence. Like the burden of proof was on me and I proved it. So, and in this case, the burden of proof was on me because in all intents and purposes, I would have been considered the plaintiff. I had everything to prove that I was entitled to unemployment insurance and the other party didn't even show up but they still denied me. So I had over a year and a half worth of unemployment that I never got. And it's just dead in the water. There's nothing I can do about it. All right, next story, no trigger warning. Here we go. I, along with nine other coworkers, did a Kaizen project where we cut customer complaints from over a hundred a month to single digits due to streamlining our process. The plant manager sent out a company-wide email essentially taking credit for the whole thing. He noted how he put together this team and under his direct supervision he got the project done without even mentioning our names. Sounds like the Marines. Sounds like the military in general. (laughs) That pissed all of us off until the continuous improvement manager sent a reply thanking all of us and a big screw you move to the plant manager. I was just happy that the CI manager was a good guy. I left that job a few months after we completed it and still use it on my resume. Yeah, you're going to have that happen a lot. (laughs) And if someone tries to take credit for your hard work, it's okay to stand up and say something. It's okay to stand up to say it for somebody else who may not be a, like brave enough to do it themselves. It's okay. Just do it. It's okay. Or if you're not willing to do it, no, no, no. You know what? No, that's a trauma response. When you are willing to just be quiet, and not bring anything up to save the peace, that's actually a trauma response and it's going to create a war inside yourself. So don't, don't just be quiet because you're going to beat yourself up and you're going to be like, man, I wish I would have said this and hindsight's twenty twenty. Like, no, stand up for yourself and stand up for others. That's all I'm going to say. Now, speaking of standing up for yourself, here we go. That leads us into our next story. There are no trigger warnings. I have always had a pretty good relationship with my bosses, and they're usually reasonable. It's an engineering position, and occasionally some people have to travel. I was asked to cover for someone for a relatively trivial meeting on the West Coast. It was not my project, and the only justification was to send a warm body to show that we were present. Boss told me to go. I said no. He said, this won't look good on your performance appraisal. I said, the only way you can hurt me with a performance appraisal is to roll it up and poke me in the eye. I did not go to the meeting. (laughs) In cases like that, it kind of makes you wonder, could the boss have really gone? Like, why are you making this dude go? Yes, all right, cool, adapt, overcome, be a team player, whatever. But this wasn't his project and someone being there wasn't really needed. If it was really all about sending a warm body just so that you can show that the company's present, then wouldn't it look better having the boss go? I'm just saying. I'm just saying, I mean, I know common sense is practically a superpower these days, but good God. All right, this next story, I'm going to be taking little breaks in between because there are some things I want to talk on. There are zero trigger warnings for this one. Um, actually, there might be one second. Yeah, maybe some misogyny and such. So here we go. Starting at the beginning. This is kind of a long one. About 15 years ago, I worked at a major university in the IT department. After I was hired, it took me a couple of months to realize that my boss was a sociopath, as was his number two guy. Once I realized what I was dealing with, I just tried to keep my head down because I didn't want to job hop so soon after leaving my last job. But they made that impossible. All right. Pause number one. Job hopping, I highly recommend. The old ways of stating you had to be with a job to not show huge breaks in between them is gone. That is an old way of thinking and more and more HR people as well as business owners are stepping away from that. I recommend you do job hop because I do not see the points in you destroying your mental health over a job that you have to stay in just so you have it on your resume. And also job hopping, okay, Let's say you're with a job for a week and then you find another job and you're there for a week and another job and you're there for a week. Well, what does that say? First off, you don't have to have those on your resume. Nowhere anywhere does it say you have to include every single job. Resume building 101. Two, if that was a terrible fucking job to begin with, why would you continue to have, put yourself through that? Why? Right? So everything can be explained away. And job hopping also helps you to get a job worthy of your time, your worth, and pay you what you're worth. There is absolutely nothing wrong with you job hopping so soon after getting another job. You are more important than any job. Okay? All right. Moving on. We had a database administrator and I was interested in becoming a DBA. So I talked to him a lot about what I should do to transition from programmer to DBA the VP of IT, my boss's boss, would stop by and talk to me and ask me about my aspirations. So I told her about wanting to be a DBA and that I was actually taking night classes so I could. This was a woman who my boss referred to as she who must be obeyed in a totally disrespectful manner. As the months went on, I saw more and more egregious 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 behavior by my boss and his number two Toady. Pause number two. I mispronounce words a lot. And sometimes it has a British swing to it. I don't know why. Just bear with me. We had a large corporation consulting on a transition to their database. This included a young guy who was doing the database install, including ordering the right equipment and migrating the data. We also had student workers in our department. They were students who worked part-time hours. One of these was a young woman. The big core young guy and the young woman started going to lunch together. Apparently, this was offensive to my boss, who threatened both of them with termination for fraternization. The university had no such rule. My boss was just making up as he went. About six months after I was hired, the DBA quit. I went into our weekly staff meeting, and at the end, my boss announces that I'd been promoted to DBA. My spidey senses were tingling because of his tone of voice, and because this was the first I was hearing about it. After the meeting, I went to his office to thank him and tell him I really appreciated the chance. And he was angry, like very angry. Apparently his boss had made him promote me and I had no idea. Pause three. You'll notice with this boss, he does a lot of projecting of his own insecurities. That is commonplace in the job markets. Watch for it because if it's happening, you need to run and not look back Run as fast as you can from that job or find a way to get that person out of that job. The only thing that they are going to be good at is creating animosity and disdain in a work environment, and that is not conducive for a positive environment. Carry on. The next thing I know I'm being called into my boss's number two guy's office. He tells me that performance reviews were coming up and I'd have to be reviewed on the job description of DBA rather than the job description of my old position. That is, unless I turned down the DBA position. Yep, he was threatening me to get me to turn down the promotion. I asked him to see the written description of my old position as well as the one for the DBA. He couldn't give either of them to me because they didn't exist. Now, I can be a pretty stubborn bitch, and this really pissed me off. I didn't do anything wrong, and now my job was being threatened. Part of my job duties during the six months of my employment involved working with the head of every department of the university, including the legal department. And I had a good working relationship with every head of every department. So, I made an appointment with the university's head counsel. I explained the situation to him, including my boss's boss, making him promote me, and my boss threatening me with my performance review. I told him that although I was studying to be a DBA, I was not really qualified to be one without some hard work, and if the university didn't want me to take the position, I would absolutely turn it down. I also mentioned my boss's nickname for his boss, you know, the one who must be obeyed, and the issue with the student worker and the big core guy. Apparently, the student worker had already filed a harassment complaint, so the head counsel knew about it. Pause number, what are we on, four? Again, stand up for yourself and report things. One of the one things that pisses me off the most is when things are doing ba- being, having bad done unto them, they are not willing to file a complaint because they're too afraid of repercussions. In this case, this dude had already had a f- complaint filed on him and all it takes is one to start it. After that, if more people file complaints on these terrible people, it just puts it in the radar of the HR crew. Now, HR is also for the well-being of the business. They're not there for you. I know they all have new fancy names now, you know, uh, people and culture or uh, human resources or whatever fancy title they give themselves now, but they are not there for you. Sometimes it works out in your favor, but they are only there to protect the company. Okay? Okay. Sometimes all these reporting, I know a lot of us are afraid of the repercussions of what it'll do to us. You can always find another job. Okay. If you report all this stuff and the company ends up terminating that person, they may end up terminating you too. Because again, they're there for the company, for the business. They're not there for you. And if you happen to know something that's going to make the business look bad, they're going to find a way to get rid of you. So yes, It might be scary to think about, oh, I might lose my job for reporting this, but at the end of the day, it's your life. Are you willing to stay in a job knowing they treat you that way and get to the point where you hate going to work? Or are you going to do what's needed and what's right, report that motherfucker, hopefully keep your job, or if you lose your job, you'll go to somewhere better. There's always something better out there for everybody. It happens so much. So just say something. He told me I had been promoted by someone, boss's boss, who had every right to promote me and I should not worry about anything. He said if my boss gave me any more trouble, I should let him know. A week later, my boss and his number two, toady were fired. My boss ended up working at a small city college and is there to this day. I pity his employees. I left the university about two years later and had a successful career as a DBA. So in this case, this actually worked out for them. You know, filing the complaint, they ended up, the, the wrong person ended up being released. And that isn't always the case. Some companies are more corrupt than others and they would rather save face. And that's just, that's just how it is. All right, the end of this podcast is actually going to be my own personal stories. I am what you would call a job hopper and I will explain it further. I am going to, ex- to share with you personal experience I've had with horrible bosses, what I've done about it while I've been there, and hopefully some of it will inspire you to do what is right, what is needed, and to stand up for yourself. Well, the first one you already know, and that was about that staff sergeant in the Marines that I stood up to, and yeah, that was the first one. (laughs) Technically, it was the second one. So my first horrible boss was actually the first job I ever had as a teenager. I worked at a daycare and I was fired because I was playing with the children more than I was watching them. Mm -hmm. A new GM had taken over. So a new GM had taken over. I was like 15 or something at the time and she, I guess, didn't like me. I don't know what it was, but she fired me, and my stepmom demanded that I had an exit interview so she could explain further to me what I did wrong, because it was better for my growth as a teenager and learning, and yeah, well, that's another story for another day. Um, But yeah, I had questions, because I was like, if I'm being fired, you know, because I'm apparently this really bad daycare worker, then how come I was nominated as daycare worker of the year? And why do all these parents like me? And she had no answer. So, but I never stood up for myself. That was the first job I had where I started to. That well, I would just say, it opened my eyes to things, but it didn't. But now, looking back, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. And I am not kidding. I have had a ridiculous amount of bad bosses in my life, but we're only going to talk on like the top ones, okay? <laughs> I already talked about the boss where I was working in that restaurant that shut down a couple months later. He was a terrible boss. And I'll give you one example. So this boss, um, we had a, uh, let's see, it was like an Asian themed menu and I had designed the menu. Again, he was a startup. That is something I specialize in is restaurants that are startups. So I designed everything from the menu, finding the suppliers, um, costing, hiring, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So he came in one day with a garbage bag and said, here, use this. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I opened up this garbage bag and it's full of lettuce, like salad materials. And I just looked at him and like looked at this bag. And mind you, it was one of those Febreze scented white trash bags. And I just went, I'm not going to use this. And I swear to God, the look he gave me was like, I had just beat like his kitten in front of him or like, or like kicked his puppy in front of him. He just was like so disgusted and like shocked. And he was like, I gave this to you. I'm telling you to do it. I'm the boss. And I said, no, I'm not going to be serving this to the public. A, I don't know where you procured it from. And he was like, oh, it's leftover from my catering. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. You didn't transport it correctly. It's now in a trash bag with Febreze scent on it. I don't know how old it is. I don't know if it's been cross contaminated. I am not going to risk public health. Like, end of story, not fucking happening. So (laughs) he behind my back took all of that salad and lettuce and put it in another container and gave it to the sous chef. The sous chef, he had hired. He had forced me to bring this guy on board. And he was all like, what's the word? Loyal to this boss. So they ended up serving this salad. And I noticed it because it had that scent to it. And it had like little bugs on it. And I dumped it i trashed it all and then i poured like water on it and like (laughs) whatever i could to make sure they would take it out of the trash like are you kidding me dude and then another boss i had did something similar like what is wrong with this restaurant industry they're so concerned with making money that they'd rather risk public health and doing the right thing and i get it beef's expensive but you know what if you wouldn't have taken shortcuts to fix your fucking ceiling Then there we go. You wouldn't have had to lose all the beef. And that's what happened. Their ceiling leaked from a rainstorm. All of this water poured onto these huge racks of beef that was going to be cut into steak. And... I tossed it out and I got written up for it. She went behind my back and grabbed it out of the trash to put it back up to be cooked. And I threw it away again. I was like, we cannot use this. We don't know what this water has has ran through before falling on the beef. It could have gone through insulation. It could have gone through rodent droppings. Hello, that's how the plague happened. All this other shit. And she just kind of looked at me like I was stupid and very condescending. and was like, isn't that what the cooking process is for? It's like, bitch, no, no. You can't cook out insulation. Well, I mean, you can, but it's beside the point. Like, that's not food protocol. That's not food safety protocol. Like, you hired me for a reason. I'm a food manager for a reason. If I say this needs to happen, then you justify that loss to the owners. Well, come to find out she was embezzling a lot of shit, so I, I now see why she did that. She was a terrible fucking person. And this could just goes to the show why you don't hire people into a position they have no experience in. If this person came from being the principal of a high school to now the general manager of a hotel and tar- in charge of also restaurants, that's not what they do like that. They-, they don't know. End of story. Now this next one is, is a bad boss, but there's a lot involved in this one. So it may be its own, uh, podcast episode. We'll actually do a deep dive. You know, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. So you're not going to hear about this one or you're going to have to wait for a future episode. And you've already heard the one about, um, the one who wasn't willing to pay me for the position and the work I was doing. So there's that. And that's it. That's, that's it. Those are just Real quick stories of horrible bosses I've had myself. Um, If you have any horrible boss stories you want to share, I love reading them. So please send them my way. I would love to read about them. Um, The only thing that I'm going to highlight right now that I've already highlighted before, before we end this episode is know your worth, guys. You know your worth. You know what you should be paid, how you should be treated. And if you don't, there's some soul searching you need to do. Do not be afraid to stand up for your beliefs. Do not be afraid to stand up for yourself. And do not be afraid to walk away from something that does not respect those things. And that's it. And if you need help, I'm always here for you. So that is it. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Dread Talk. I appreciate you. I love you. I adore all of you. I cannot wait to hear stories you guys may have. And stay tuned for the next episode. You can find us streaming anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you want to be a guest on the show, please hit me up and submit your story to me from my link, beacons.ai slash lady dreadnoughts, scroll down and click the little button. It's a square that says submit your story. That way I can reach out to you. We can figure it out and we can get you on here and vet it because you know, there might be some things that, you know, we're going to vet you first because I'm not losing my podcast over someone being stupid. And give me a follow on my TikTok channel under Lady Dreadnought, as well as my Instagram. And I will see you in the next episode. Stay motivated.